You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax with She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And heading into basically the middle of November at this point, the Packers are sitting at three and six. We'll be hosting finally at Lambeau Field, the Dallas Cowboys, who are six and two. They're done with their three-game road stretch. And a familiar friend comes to Green Bay this week in Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy. So Perry, before we dive into the matchup itself, maybe we could just start there because, you know, I think a lot of Packer fans have a lot of really good memories of Mike McCarthy. Probably some of those got tainted towards the end, but I really hope, at least me personally, that he gets a very warm reception on Sunday. He should. He led this team to a Super Bowl. He was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers for 13 years. He lived in Green Bay. He raised his kids there. If you listen to anything, any interview, in the last couple of seasons since he left about what the city and the people mean to him, he gets choked up about it. So he deserves all of the cheers and none of the booze. Um, I think a lot of fans are in this camp. I know you and I both feel this way that his ending in green Bay was just not fitting for what he meant to this team. And if we could have a redo of it. I'm sure the Packers would have let him finish out the season and not fired him with four games to go because he just didn't deserve, he deserved deserve more respect than that. So I'm excited to have big Mike come back up. Yeah. I think it was really interesting to hear Aaron Rodgers kind of talk about the, how that whole thing went down too, because it was his birthday when they lost to the Cardinals. And he said like, you know, in the emotions of, your friends are trying to throw you a birthday party. And then you like, you hear that this person that you've been with for over a decade that brought you to a Super Bowl, like has been fired and like kind of what that means. And, and I think for a lot of Packer fans, there's some perspective where 
in the heat of the moment, it's like, yes, maybe it was the right decision. Sometimes things get stale. Like Mike McCarthy's not a bad football coach. He needed probably to, to freshen up his playbook a little bit. You know, we're seeing him have some success now in Dallas, but you know, sometimes things just don't fit anymore. And that doesn't mean that, you know, he was in the wrong or the front office was in the wrong, but yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, seeing him come back at Lambeau and hoping that, uh, you know, still would like the Packers to win obviously, but uh, hoping that big Mike gets the, uh, the reception that he deserves here. So, all right, Packers three and six back at home. Six and two Cowboys coming in. Not even the division leaders at this point. Obviously, just wild card, you mm-hmm. know, contenders at this point. But uh, if we're going to talk about uh, the Packers needing to get back into anything to have playoff potential, which I hate talking about with a three and six football team, this is a tiebreaker that they will absolutely need later on at, at the end of the season. Yeah, I think this team just needs a win really badly. Like, I don't yeah. really care who the opponent is per se, but they need to go out there and play competitive football and take it to an NFC, you know, opponent team and come away with a win at home. The Packers, I would love to see the stats on when the last time the Packers lost to like regular season Lambo games back to back at home would be. I yeah. cannot imagine that it's a common occurrence, especially in the Aaron Rodgers era. So I don't know what the vibe is. I don't know what the energy looks like after this last very dejecting loss that also tacked on a number of injuries <laughs> to this team. Um, if you looked at the injury report for practice on Wednesday, it was essentially every single starter is on that report. So I don't know what team is going to be trotting out there, but they very desperately need a win. And it's not going to be an easy, uh, it's not going to be a piece of cake because this Dan Quinn led defense is playing like they have their hair on fire right now. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, not to look ahead because Packers will tell you, you know, the, the coaching staff, the players, you have to go one and oh every week. That's the mentality. But this is a really tough stretch for them. This is a stretch that we had circled on the calendar before we found out that these were two playoff teams. But for them to play at home Sunday afternoon and then have a short turnaround to Thursday, like, you know, this is this is going to be some pretty intense football, especially because you have guys like Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. And Derrick Henry as the three running backs, you know, that are that are going to be coming into Lambeau Field on a short week. So really a lot for this Packers defense to 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 wrap up and have to deal with in a in a really short time frame. Yeah, good. They're already so banged up. I love a short <laughs> week. We love Thursday night football. It's uh it's great. It's lovely. It does such great things for the body. Um all right, I guess let's dive into it. What does this offense need to do against this Cowboys defense? I mean, this Cowboys defense is playing how I think we wanted the Packers defense to play. Um, and I don't know about you, but I listened to Matt LaFleur talk about Dan Quinn with so much reverence and yep. so much respect. And I know they go way, way back, wondering if Matt is wishing he had hired DQ back in the day (laughs) instead (laughs) because that would have been fun. But this Cowboys defense is stacked at every level. Mm -hmm. They have one of the best, if not the best, potentially defensive player of the year this season in Micah Parsons. 
they've got a secondary that again is just playing like really cohesive ball hawking football and I think the Packers offense is totally outmatched against this Cowboys defense so in my mind if you're looking at a game where you can only put up nine points against the worst defense in football you're turning it around this week and going against probably one of the best defenses in football right now what do they have to do (laughs) to get some points on the board yeah, I mean, this is this is the third best defense right now in football, if you're talking about points against. So they went from the literal worst, allowing a million points a game to a team that's averaging 16 points a game to their opponents. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it starts, it feels like we say this every week ad nauseum, but it starts with limiting the self-inflicted mistakes. The Packers had opportunities to score against the Lions. They were in the red zone repeatedly, didn't capitalize, walked away with nine points. And I think part of that at Lambeau Field is going to include settling for field goals. Like, I think at this point, we just want to see this team put points on the board. Yep. Especially if this is going to come down to the wire, if it comes down to the leg, maybe the leg of Mason Crosby, you know, if it ends up being a one score game, you need to have those points accumulated on the board. So you're not sitting, you know, behind the sticks and you're down 14. If you're down eight, that makes a difference with those field goals. So I think that is going to be one of the keys to success here is just, really trying to capitalize when they're in scoring position because God knows, you know, yes, they're at Lambeau field, but scoring position, you know, against this, the third ranked defense as opposed to the worst defense going to be harder to come by. So that's, that's my biggest thing is take the freaking points. I could not agree more. I think at this point, the aggressiveness on fourth down is something that you can, lean on when your offense is clicking right and you know that you can like convert on third you can convert on fourth you keep it going you're pushing that defense backwards Packers offense hasn't been able to do that they haven't been able to push defenses at all it's the opposite it feels like running uphill in the sand for this (laughs) offense this season so if you're getting in field goal range it's okay I think at this point to be a little conservative don't take a sack run the ball, get the yards, get Mason Crosby out there and get the points on the board because it really could be the difference. It would have been the difference in the Lions game if they had taken those field goals. And I think it could be the difference here also from a mindset perspective of not having a big goal zero, not driving down the field and getting to the 40 to the 30, whatever it is, and then coming away with nothing. I think that has been so frustrating and dejecting for this Packers offense. Like three is better than zero. Uh, And unfortunately that's just where this offense is right now. So I totally agree. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, 
live only on Netflix. I think this is going to be a big game for the offensive line, a big game. And not knowing about David Bakhtiar and Elton Jenkins yet again this week going into this game is another thing that I would have my eye on. You know, I look at the list of guys that are playing. They've got ballers across this front. And you're either going to have to do your best to keep Aaron Rodgers upright or you're going to have to block, run block your ass off so that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can get the ground game going because we've seen the only thing that this offense is really good at at all this year is running the ball. And if we want to be at all competitive in this game, I think keeping the ball out of the air with no wide receivers against the secondary is the key. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be really tough too, like not to, you know, make excuses for this Packers team, but their injury report is a CVS receipt. Like it is the longest it's been all year and it's continuous it's continuing to grow. I mean, Mason Crosby was on it with a back injury, he was limited. You know, I know those things kind of crop up during the season and most of the time guys play through them, but Rasul Douglas is on there with a calf injury, he was limited. So, you know, you talked about the offensive line, Bakhtiari and Jenkins not practicing, John Runyon dealing with a calf in- or a knee injury that he, he had against the Lions. He was limited, likely will play, but these are guys that are already so banged up. You know, the wide receiver core, they'll likely be without Romeo Dobbs for multiple weeks. Aaron Jones probably will play through his injury, but he's on the list limited. So but should he? <laughs> right. So like th- they're really going to be trotting onto the field with, you know, you could argue maybe two preferred starters on mm-hmm. on the offensive line. And then, you know, Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins, who's a DNP with his knee. It's just, there's like, there's no help anywhere for this offense. And I think that's going to make it even more challenging. And, you know, that kind of goes into then the game plan of you have to just take what's in front of you. You have to take the points. When your team isn't at full strength, you just can't make it any harder on yourself because this is a defense that any little thing they can capitalize on. Oh yeah. And they will take the ball away from you. Oh, absolutely. And that first turnover, if the Packers are down like seven, nothing, and this defense takes the ball away, that's just, just, yeah, it's just a backward slide then for this Packers offense. I think this is going to be a game that's going to be very telling of like where Aaron Rodgers is within this offense and within this team. Because to me, if we continue with this like hero ball of trying to like, make these, you know, ridiculous throws that we know Aaron Rodgers can make, but we're trying to get them to Samori Toure or Alan Lazard with half a shoulder. And he's not like focused in on what should be like this offensive game plan, especially like you said, with all these players missing, you kind of want to just take what these players that are playing on the field can give you right now. I think if he leans into that and if he does that, the Packers could stay in this game, right? Like they could, if they flow into what Matt LaFleur, I think really typically likes to do. I think, like I said, they could stay in this game. I don't know if they're going to win this game. I don't have confidence in this team yet to win games since I'd like to see them at least like put put up double digit points. (laughs) But, you know, if it's still like, Rodgers running around and not trusting his offensive line. And like, there's a chance that this game gets really ugly really early. If, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch are like meeting at Aaron Rodgers, like every three plays, 
it's a possibility, right? This front can do that to you. So you're either going to be leaning on the quick passing game or you are asking your offensive line to just create some holes for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon to run through. I'm based on the injuries, like you just said, I would hope that they do the latter, right? And just see how the ground game goes first. Maybe hopefully open up some passes for Christian Watson, for Samori Toure, for Al Nazard, for Robert Tunyon. But just get your playmakers the ball at this point. Give Aaron Rodgers thumb a rest. I mean, he did mm-hmm. not practice, right? He's clearly injured. Everybody's injured. Just make this easier on yourselves. Yeah, I also think that this is going to be kind of a, a big game for the tight ends. And we always talk about, like, Rodgers needs his playmakers. His wide receiving core is depleted. You know, his his running backs are banged up. Josiah DeGuara has been... Mm-hmm. the everyman for this mm-hmm. offense right now. And he needs to get his opportunities. Robert Tunyon, you know, was, was open on a couple shots and it's really easy, obviously for us, you know, we always say hindsight's twenty twenty. When you go back and look at the film, you're like, Oh my God, there were all these guys wide open. Why isn't Rogers taking shots? And I'm sure he will watch the tape and understand, you know, and he, he mentioned, you know, in moments that like sometimes guys aren't as wide open as they seem or like, you know, the play breaks down and they're running the wrong route. So there's a, a trust thing there where you're not sure if you can throw the ball because if they, you know, break to the outside and your ball's going inside, it's an easy pick, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just this offense needs to simplify. And we keep talking about, you know, walk before you can run and, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like we just need to see some what's less than good, fair, decent. Like we just (laughs) need to see some decent offense and give this team some building blocks because we talk about LaFleur having like all these bags of tricks and he's got plays dialed up for everybody on the offense. Like, Let's just get some really generic, fair, decent drives going. And let's let's set up the building blocks. And then yeah. once the building blocks start working, we can get a little more creative and colorful. And that's, I think, when Rodgers is able to freestyle and actually make it work. I agree. I, <laughs> I think the rest of the season is a little bit of a moral victory at this point. Like, that's what you're aiming for. And I'm not, like... I'm not counting this team out, but at the moment, like there's no feeling of like belief within themselves. So I think if you just go out there and you try to play the way you know you can play, you lean on yourselves, you rally around each other, you stay competitive in this game, you allow the offense to kind of breathe (laughs) and like take a deep breath and do what they need to do, do what they're good at. It just might breathe some life into them again if that makes sense I um that's how I see this going I mean I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers screaming at his wide receivers I don't want to see like frustrations like I'd love to see a touchdown celebration like they couldn't even celebrate after Lazard's touchdown right because there's no excitement there's no happiness there's like, like they know that it's just a continuous battle So let's make offense a little bit easier this week and just lean on your playmakers, lean on what's good and see what this defense can do against the Cowboys offense. Because I think that's where they could potentially either win or keep themselves in this game because this offense has some of their own struggles, right? They're, they're doing things really well and they have Dak Prescott back, but the strength of this Cowboys team is in their defense And I think right now the strength in this Packers team is also in their defense. So it's going to think be a battle of 
who can win the turnover battle, who can come up with a bigger play, who can stop, you know, the playmakers on either side um, and get some points on the board. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think being back at Lambeau will help with some of that. I'm hoping that the energy and everything just being at home, you know, will feed into that, give them some juice. It would be great to see a Lambeau leap, you know, even if the Packers yeah. are losing, just like you said, to, to bring some of that, that energy and that charisma back. And, you know, I know the the Packers and Cowboys have kind of a fun NFC rivalry that dates all the way back to the 90s, you know, so I think this is a game that people will get up for and they'll be excited. McCarthy's back. So th there's a lot of like positives around the environment itself. I absolutely agree with you that I think this is, this is a game that the defense can keep the Packers in. You know, we keep saying it's going to come back to the offense. The dam can't break the, the defense has to give them opportunities. And that gets infinitely harder this week and the rest of the season without Rashawn Gary, that's, you know, just miserable for him. We're recording this Tuesday morning, Thursday morning. Um, so still not sure like the status of Eric Stokes, but obviously he won't be playing this week. They're still trying to figure out what's going on, um, what the injury is for him. But some things that I'm curious, you know, your thoughts on as far as the makeup of the secondary, because I think we have some ideas as to what we'd like to see. I personally liked seeing Rasul Douglas on the boundary and Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. We've talked about Darnell Savage getting some looks in the slot, maybe moving him around. So what do you think we see any change this week? Uh, or do you think Joe Barry kind of rolls out uh, same as it ever was? Well, he's going to have to make some changes, right? Because you're not going to have Douglas and you're not going to have Rashawn. I'm sorry. You're not going to have Stokes and you're not going to have Rashawn, right? So you're going to have to make some moves here. I think for better or for worse, Rasul on the boundary, like you said, is a good move. He that's where he's most comfortable. I think the whole experiment of putting him in the slot did not give the Packers the results that they were hoping for. And that's not to say that Rasul took a step back this season, isn't the player that they signed. That's not true. I think he's just a true boundary corner. So I think keeping him and Jair on the boundary, maybe moving Jair around, right? I'd love mm -hmm. to see Jair, you know, going to repeat every week. I'd love to see Jair follow CD. Um, I think that'd be a really fun matchup, but keeping them in, in their like natural positions at this point, what is there to lose? Like, why not? You know, like you have Savage on the books next season. So no matter what, you're likely going to have to play him because you're paying him. So why not move him in the slot? He's expressed mm -hmm. that he wants to. He's not playing well at free safety. He's not tackling well. So put him in the slot and see how he matches up there in that position if it's something that he wants to do. And Joe Barry has articulated that he thinks he can play there well. So, again, there's nothing to lose at this point. Do it. You just signed Jonathan Abram. I don't know if he's going to be able to play this soon. But now you have some depth there at the safety position who can play. He, you know, Abram can play deep. Right. So you can play him. You can play Keyshawn Nixon. You can play Rudy Ford, who's been playing really well when called upon. You can move Amos into the box if you'd like to help in the run game with Zeke and Tony Pollard. You have a little bit more flexibility now in the secondary and you have your two top corners, I think, playing in their appropriate positions. So I would love if it was me and I was defensive coordinator Perry Goldstein calling plays. Um, I would 100% be moving Savage down into the slot and I'd be actually rotating him and Jair in and out depending, um, you know, depending on the look. But 
will Joe Barry make the necessary adjustments is obviously like the ultimate question of the season. So I think it also depends. Last thought is who's playing an inside linebacker, right? You, you mm-hmm. don't have Devondre. I think that changes a lot of things about what they're able to do in the middle of the defense. So if you're going to play Quay, if you're going to get Chris Barnes out there and like two inside linebacker looks help, I don't know. I think it, it'll depend on his rotation, I guess, at this point. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Jonathan Abram signing because I know, you know, as far as like being a first round pick, he hasn't necessarily lived up to the expectations that he had as a former first rounder. But sometimes, you know, we talk about guys needing a change of scenery, needing a position change, needing a new coordinator, a new scheme, whatever it is. And he's at least somebody that has a ton of experience because when you you listen to Joe Barry last week, one of the things he had said was, you know, there's not a lot of depth in that safety room right now. So you can't really afford to take Savage out of his spot because there's, you know, you're looking at trying to fill snaps for a guy who's on the field every single down with, you know, kind of some piecemeal, you know, and Rudy Ford has played pretty well, but, you know, just they don't love, you know, the inexperience, I guess, or not the inexperience because he's a vet, but just the number of reps that he's taken. So you're bringing in a guy like Jonathan Ford, who has played a ton of free safety snaps and will at least give them a little bit of versatility and flexibility, hopefully, to get creative, like you said, with Nixon, you know, whether and Nixon and Abram, you know, Nixon said he was one of his like real life best friends. So that's something else that's, you know, fun for them to have more cohesion in the secondary. You think it'll help a guy like Abram get up to speed really quickly, even if, you know, this week we mostly see him on special teams and then a little bit of look in the secondary. But I'm glad you mentioned inside linebackers because that was one of the things I was kind of, you know, thinking is circled as one of the bigger matchups going into this game. Obviously, Tony Pollard, and Zeke, I think, are the bigger threat even than the receivers for the Cowboys. We've known that. Tony Pollard, at this point, you can argue, is running back one. It's Ezekiel Elliott's team. You know, we talk about that. He was the first-round draft pick, but Pollard has eight touchdowns on the season. Like, he is – or five touchdowns, excuse me, but he's a freak. Yeah, He's always getting into the end zone. He's explosive. I think he's averaging, like, six yards a touch or something. You know, like, he just – he. He's the kind of running back that's going to give this Packers defense fits. And if Chris Barnes is still in the concussion protocol, he was one of your better tacklers. We don't know what the status is of Devondre. Maybe he can come back and play, but just I I, I think Adrian Amos is going to have to kind of live in the box this week. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you, which is, again, why I think it's a really good move that they grabbed Abram, whether he plays significant snaps or not. I'm actually enjoying the safety depth more than I thought that I would this season. They've been mm-hmm. kind of like stacking safeties, I think, Let's get Rudy Ford in there. I mean, my biggest fear, like you said, is Tony Pollard. Zeke is just a big guy, right? He can plow into he's he's the AJ Dillon of this. Uh, if you want to make like comparisons, like Tony Pollard is the Aaron Jones to Zeke's like AJ Dillon, that like one two punch they have going on. Very, very similar in like play styles. Like it is hard to bring Zeke down. He will get positive yardage out of you. He will drive his legs. He will push you. Tony Pollard is the shiftier, explosive, like you know, accelerate on a dime, you have to be able to tackle. You cannot play the way this Packers defense has been playing and not wrap up your tackles and bring your guy down. And my fear is if they keep Savage in the safety position that he's been playing, you know, playing deep in the back and he's like your last line of defense, Tony Pollard is going to run right through him (laughs) into the end zone. So you are going to need to do something to stack the box or set your edges 
and make sure that Tony Pollard isn't getting up into the second level because he will just go end zone at that point. Um, I think this game, you know, last level of the defense to discuss is unfortunately you just lost your best pass rusher. I'm unbelievably gutted for Sean Gary. He is, I think the lifeblood of this defense. You heard the guys say like, he came up to them after his injury and told them like, he's still there for them. He's just an incredible leader, an incredible man. And I'm like gutted that he's going to miss the rest of the season. Cause you know that he'd be going into every game re- regardless of their record with like all the energy. So it's really going to be on Preston and the depth here to step up. Now, that being said, pressure on Dak Prescott and pressure on this offensive line is just not going to be something that this team is going to be able to lean on, right? So you're going to have to, the secondary, and I think the inside linebackers are going to have to step up and I think pick up some of the slack and the lack of pressure, unless Joe Barry wants to do some creative things where he sends Quay Walker out, you know, on a pressure package on a blitz. He does a, a DB blitz or something like that in the right scenario. We haven't seen a ton of that this season. So I'm not holding my breath. Like there are ways to get creative pressure packages out there, but um, I think it's going to end up just coming down to the guys in the back making plays. I'm really glad you mentioned the Quay Walker thing. Cause that's all I could think was, you know, there's, there's going to need to be some creativity here and, you know, hopefully Chris Barnes can play. Uh, we're not sure how far he's progressed through the concussion protocol. You're hoping obviously the Campbell comes back as well, but you might see three inside linebackers on the field at once. Isaiah McDuffie has looked really good against the run. He's been really solid, reliable tackler. So, you know, there could be packages where it's Campbell and either Barnes or McDuffie, you know, in the middle of the defense. And then they send Walker on a blitz or he he does that like roaming nose. You know, I think that they're going to need some help from a lot of these young guys because of the Rashawn loss. You know, you've got JJ and Igbari as the second edge rusher now at this point. He'll see a, a huge increase in snaps, but... Um, you know, if you're talking about like Jonathan Garvin, I know Tipa is coming back from injury, but there's just not a lot of reps there. These guys don't have a hell of a lot of experience. And even, you know, Inigbari doesn't still obviously being a rookie, even though he's looked really good the last couple of weeks. So they're going to have to lean on creativity and, you know, maybe a little bit of confusion. Kenny hasn't been playing his best either, which makes it difficult. You want to see, you know, your first round pick Devontae Wyatt get more snaps at this point. Lowry, the whole, I think, defensive line has struggled and it's not going to get any better this week against a Cowboys offensive line that is one of the best. So I absolutely agree with you. I'm glad you said, I think this is a game where the secondary really needs to just be aggressive and they need to challenge and they need to swat balls and, you know, tip them up in the air and see if somebody else can come down with them. Like they have to make the Cowboys play messy, I think, is the way for them to win this game. You got to just muddy up the game. The Packers offense has to play clean. Packers defense has to make things really dirty. I love that. I think that's a perfect place to end. Before we wrap up, let's do some score predictions. Okay. I have, I want to call this game actually as a win for the Packers. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be, like you said, dirty, muddy. I want to go like 17, 14. Ooh, that is gross. Packers just like a gross football game and somehow the Packers grit a win out because they have to at Lambeau at home okay I I keep doing this thing right where I over predict the score because I'm just waiting for the offense to capitalize 
Um, but like in my head, I'm thinking like 27, 21, 24, 21. Like, I just want to see there be points. And, you know, it's like you said, at this point of the season, don't know if we're talking about, you know, W's on paper or W's in the moral victory column, but I do think that this is a winnable game for the Packers. They're at Lambeau Field. I think their defense can do enough against this Cowboys offense. It'll just come down to can the Packers offense do enough against the Cowboys defense. So I'm, I'm going to take it as a loss because I don't like to have my hopes up and I don't want to keep, you know, predicting that they're going to bounce back and then have them not bounce back. But I do absolutely think that it is a winnable game for the Packers. And I guess the one thing that we didn't really talk about either is Cowboys are coming off a bye. You know, yeah. they're, they're playing another team that's fresh off a bye, which is just their luck of the season for Green Bay. I know. Well, we will see what happens on Sunday. Uh, thank you all so much for listening with us, as always, working our way through this very difficult <laughs> and challenging season together. Um, always, as always, rooting for this team to turn things around and get some wins. We hope that we are back discussing a victory Monday with you on Monday. Let's all hope for that. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at PWSS podcast on Instagram and Twitch at PAX, which she said, like I said, we will be back on Monday with a recap win or lose. Hopefully we will be back live. So you can come join us with your questions. Um, we are a little bit on baby watch right now. So <laughs> it is, we'll a, it's a DVD at the moment. Um, if we have a, co-host on maternity leave i perry will be in with some guests so shaking things up um but thank you all as always for following along you can follow me at perry underscore Goldstein on twitter you can follow maggie at maggie j loney and as always go back up go back up